Hey everybody, since we're talking about 50 first dates today, I thought I'd go over some of my first dates with Aaliyah, my girlfriend of four and a half years. Hello, everyone. Hey, so Aaliyah, what was your favorite first date that I took you on? You took me to an appliance store that was like upper end and... We both couldn't afford any of the items, nor were we in search of a stove or anything like that. Right. And you said that I have to act like I'm shopping so that we would get free coffees. Yeah, that is true. I wanted to get the free coffee, and I thought that it was a nice date to walk around and look at, you know, sinks and bathtubs and lamps. I don't think we've been on 50 dates. What are you talking about? I take you on dates all the time. What's the last one? Well, there's been a quarantine happening, but um, I took you on a walk earlier. That was kind of a date. That's kind of like what you would do with a dog. Okay, that's true. This isn't really going how I thought it would. Oh, wait, there was that Um, one time you took me to a park. We played catch. See? Wait, also a dog. I do stuff with you that an owner doesn't just do with his dog. Yeah, like what? I took you to dinner a few times. I guess you also kind of do that with a dog. You do feed them at night. Yeah, because you did. you, You just put a bunch of slop in a bowl. And I said, slop this up. Yeah, and I said, I think I'm in love with you. Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Bad, 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 bad science. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bad Science. This is the show where we break down the science of a movie with a comedian and a scientist. Today, we're talking about 50 First Dates with Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, and I have two unbelievable guests. I'm super excited to talk to both of them. First, she is the co-host of the Science of Self-Care podcast. She is a comedian, science communicator, and neuroscientist. Dr. Shannon O'Dell. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I have so many questions for you on several fronts, but before I get too caught up in your world, let me introduce our other guest. Can I do that? Yes, please do. Okay, thank you so much. He (laughs) is a San Francisco-based comedian who you might have seen on The Late Late Show with James Corden. He is Andrew Orolfo. What up? What's up, Andrew? Happy to be here. This is cool. It's so cool already, right? I'm excited. It's kind of like the nightclub of podcasts. Would you say that? <laughs> this? Yeah, a long line to get in here. It was <laughs> almost I paid a in. huge cover to get in this <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry about that. It's just, it goes with the territory. <laughs> I don't know. I wanted to ask you, Shannon, drunk science. Can yeah. you tell me about that? That sounds like it's our sister show already. Right. I know. It's it's like an adjective than science. So absolutely. <laughs> and a better one, I would argue. <laughs> um, so that show uh, is a live show that that's been running in New York for the past, I mean, I think it's five years. It's hard for me to remember time. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> speaking of 50 first dates. Uh, but uh, yeah, we pair three comedians on stage with a scientist. We play drinking games. The comedians give a scientific dissertation at the end Whoa. of the show. Uh, it's a game show. So it's a competition. You know, all the elements that a typical comedy show needs. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> fill it up with, yeah, as much as possible. <laughs> right. Great. Uh, but it's really fun. And we're doing it virtually now. So cool. if you're listening, check it out online. Sweet. I love that. That's the only thing that this show is missing is me with, you know, whiskey cocktails. Right. I mean, you could still do that. You're right. I mean, it would be <laughs> weird. A lot of times we do record during the day. I'm My go-to is coffee, but we'll see. If any episodes after this sound weird, 
just know that I'm drinking, yeah, whiskey cocktails. <laughs> Weird, uh, yeah, old fashions all day. Okay, so 51st dates. Before we get into all the memory stuff, because I think that's hopefully what we will be kind of diving into. The premise of the movie is Drew Barrymore's character has like a short-term memory loss disease that they call Goldfield Syndrome. But when I looked it up, it appeared that that is not real. That does not exist. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, that, that syndrome specifically, Goldfield, I think they describe it as there was a physician that actually had this syndrome and then made the diagnosis, but that that doesn't exist. The syndrome does model other syndromes that do exist, like amnesia exists and retrograde amnesia um, exists and anterograde amnesia exists, but Goldfield syndrome does not exist. Very weird move to me to make up a fake <laughs> syndrome, yeah. right? Is there a weird. point? Why would you do that? Yeah, I don't know. I guess because, you know, it does give you the freedom to kind of make whatever rules of the syndrome you want. Oh, okay. True. You know, like you don't have to follow like what happens with anterograde amnesia, which is probably what she actually had, you know, because she is a real person, her character. Um, just kidding. Yep. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I guess it gives you the freedom to do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> okay, well, putting a pin in that, I want to return to it. How did you guys feel about the walrus penguin? Because I think my favorite scenes in the movie are the cute animals doing tricks. But I was uncertain if I should feel bad about that because of like a blackfish sea world uh, scenario. Oh. Or if the, I mean, what? there's nothing wrong with adorable animals in a, in a big aquarium like this. I don't know. I just felt like that was an element of like, kind of like why? It, <laughs> like this added element that he's a vet, but actually he's like, does he train animals and the animals do tricks? It feels like a little bit like a blend of a different movie in the middle of this movie. Yeah. Yeah, seems like a weird job <laughs> for this whole yeah. thing. Uh, I mean, yeah. I guess it gives them the excuse to go to Antarctica or whatever. Yeah, that's true. And totally super weird that he lives there. He lives... At the aquarium, right? He has this... Like, oh, yeah, like in his lab. <laughs> yeah, he has like a bachelor pad, essentially. And he is quite the bachelor, by the way. I think they even, they're making him like a vet or interacting with these cute animals to make you like him more. Because at the beginning of the movie, it's not oh, a very... Garbage person in the beginning. Garbage person, <laughs> right. right? I felt bad. Like, I, I was like, <laughs> I don't remember this. Right. So I watched this movie last night. This might be going off track a little bit, but Please. after I watched this movie, I watched Uncut Gems because I felt like... Whoa. I <laughs> you went back to back Sandman. Yeah. I mean, very different characters. Um, maybe like both unlikable men though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I would say that. I mean, by the end, I think he's way more of a likable character here in this yeah. one. But yeah, at the Definitely. beginning, I was like feeling almost worried for, for Drew Barrymore's character. I was like, oh, no, this guy. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was trying to figure out if like Hawaii aquariums are actually the gold standard or something. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I'll get back to you guys on that. I'll talk to uh, some sort of marine biologist. I also <laughs> love that all the animals were just kind of like walking around like they didn't really have um, habitats. They were just kind of like mm -hmm. in his bedroom. And stuff. Yeah. Like the penguin went to other exhibits with him. Yeah. Right. You know, like, it, like it was his home. That's totally my dream. I really think that's why it stuck out to me as my favorite sections of the movie because it was just, uh, what more do you want from life than to have like a little penguin friend who follows you around? That's the best. Oh, yeah. So what did you guys think of the movie? When did you first see it? 
uh yeah what's your what's your take i don't remember this being so long ago that's wild that he said it was in 2004 because i feel like i i watched it recently but i guess i didn't memory loss yeah I mean, oh yeah i have it uh <laughs> only for adam sandler movies though no. yeah uh <laughs> I, I thought that structure wise i thought it was like fun it was like a fun movie jokes were some some of those jokes were a little much but i I, I laughed a few times in this movie. Yep. That was cool. Absolutely. I was going to ask where it ranks in your Sandler movies, but then I was like, that's insane. That's a crazy thing to <laughs> so ask many. because there's so many movies. It would take you like 15 minutes just to think about all of them and then form an opinion. So I'm not going to ask you to do that. <laughs> Shannon, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I I remember this movie kind of being a, maybe like a sleepover movie, like something you would watch. Sure. When you're sleeping over with the gals, because I guess I was in eighth grade when this came out. I remember it like, oh, I loved this movie, but rewatching it, I kind of was cringing at, at my younger self. <laughs> Which, what made you cringe? I mean, yeah, just like some of the humor is just, yeah, not, I mean, it's not great. Yeah. I agree. When uh, when Drew Braymore uh, beats up Rob Schneider, I laughed. I still laugh oh, so hard I at did, that. I did. I did laugh at that. That was funny. one part I was genuinely <laughs> laughing at. Yep. And they even knew how funny it was because he reminds you about it later in the movie where he's singing his song and he's like, and I still love when you beat up my friend Ula. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we all did. That was great. There was a lot of physical beating in this movie, I think you might know, mm -hmm. which I think feel like it's very early 2000s humor. It's like, oh, someone's going to get mm -hmm. eaten with a bat. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that's kind of timeless, honestly. Any sort of physical comedy, <laughs> yeah, I've, I'm yeah. automatically like, great, <laughs> yeah. good move. <laughs> Have more people, you know, trip and fall. There was a bunch of spam in this movie. I don't know if you guys noticed this. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so I look up some weird stuff, I guess. But Hawaii leads the nation in per capita consumption of spam. So it actually like made sense that there was a lot of spam in this movie. <laughs> guys like spam? F spam fans? I love spam. I actually love spam. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm Filipino and like my mom used to give me that all the time. It's like big in the Filipino community too. Do you have it by itself? Do you put it on something? Is it a dish? Oh yeah, we uh, like grill, fry it, fry it Ooh. up in some oil, and then have, serve it over rice. Okay, yeah. Now that that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. That makes sense. Yeah. Put a little ketchup on it. I don't know. <laughs> I like it. I enjoy it. Like on one hand, you're saying it like put a little ketchup on it. It's so sick, and then you're like, well, I don't know. I don't, that could be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that I say it out loud, it's like <laughs> it doesn't sound good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the ketchup on it didn't help, I guess, for me. But, um, uh, aioli, sorry. Let me, oh, try, nice. Let me change it. Aioli. Yeah, some tomato aioli. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about these conditions because what I was finding was that there's kind of two that they're drawing from there's organic amnesia or OA. I don't know if anybody calls it OA. And then there's psychogenic amnesia or PA. Is that, am I on the right track here? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know those terms specifically. I think what that's referring to, though, is like what the cause of the amnesia is. So obviously, you can have a traumatic injury, which causes amnesia, or a lot of what we know about amnesia uh, comes from these specific case studies. And it feels like each case of the amnesia has a little bit of different details. So like you can read the individual case studies to find out what the injury was, like what areas were affected, and then 
what does that do to memory? So yeah, there's traumatic injury that can cause amnesia, such as, you know, you go through an accident or, you know, you have epilepsy and a part of the area of the brain gets damaged or even some viruses can cause damage to the brain. Um, But there's also cases of people going through traumatic events and also suffering from amnesia. Traumatic events, something that scared them, scarred them. Yeah, essentially. And what's so interesting about it is... You know, even though I'm a PhD and I studied memory, there's so much we don't know about memory. It's, you know, we learn bits and pieces of it and we think we understand it. And then a case study comes along and we're like, we have no idea what's going on. You know, her syndrome specifically, it actually really reminded me of this one case of amnesia. Um, And I actually read the case study before this because I wanted to like look into it more. And it was this individual, which is just this patient that's known as. W-O, all the patients have like initials and that's how you know them by. So this uh, patient essentially was going to a root canal and when they woke up, they uh, could not store memories anymore. So they woke up every day as if it was the day they were going to get their root canal. And the root canal did not cause any damage to the brain, so they have no idea really what happened. He kind of like went under for root canal surgery and then when he came back out, all of a sudden, he had anterograde amnesia. Whoa. So first of all, that's exactly like the movie, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, did not think that. Okay. And then, and it was because of the anesthesia? Yeah, you know, they're not really sure if that kind of triggered something. Mm-hmm. There's also like his father or his grandfather had died the week before. So that could have been a traumatic Mm, event that kind of triggered it. Perfect storm. Um, But yeah, this individual basically wakes up. I think uh, they underwent the root canal in 95. And so they wake up every morning feeling like it's the morning of their root canal in 1995. Jesus. So So is it like they're not making, he's not making new memories. Or it's just he wakes up, he's like, oh, I got to get a root canal. And then he's like, oh, and then they're like, no, nah, you already did that. And he's like, okay, fine, it's chill. Yeah, what's really interesting in this case study is it's actually so similar to what they do in the movie. Like, I was reading this study, which was published in 2015, and I was like, wow, did they watch 50 First Dates and figure out <laughs> uh, how to treat this? So essentially, they like wake up every morning and they tell them to go to a computer where they've stored like a bunch of important information about like, okay, this is what happened. These people have died. Like these people got married. These are major life events that have happened since, you know, 1995. And then they basically go through their day. They have this um, like electronic diary is what they call it to like help remind them what they're supposed to do through the day. I mean, because this patient basically can – hold memory for up to 90 minutes that's just kind of the world that they live in okay thank you guys for being on the show i'm done (laughs) (laughs) um that's rough that's yeah i mean is there does it say in the report what his emotional response is because that that was the one thing about the ending of this movie that stuck with me a little bit she seems like pretty fine with <laughs> the information she's given in the video right and i was like and then having a kid yeah too. exactly she's like oh this is my daughter and we're on this boat and like i would flip <laughs> the fuck out i would lose it every day watching that tape i know i think at one point she said what if i like wake up and i have a pregnant belly i'm like that's literally my worst nightmare and has been for the last <laughs> 10 years well they skipped over her doing it belly. for nine months 
Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, in the couple of the case reports that I've, I looked at for different patients with amnesia, you know, it can it can vary. Sometimes there's there's a lot of frustration that happens with trying to do tasks that require a lot of working memory. So a lot of focused attention that can be hard to do. But other than that, kind of when we think about like being really irritable and stuff, that's kind of a part of a personality. And a lot of these people's personalities don't change at all, right? It's just the kind of idea of storing new memories, which kind of is affected, which just goes to explain how unique the brain is and that we have all these different regions that work together and complete such different tasks. Okay. So on one hand, I can't think about it for too long because it's so frightening to me. And then on the other, I kind of enjoy the little puzzle that must exist to get somebody into a good mood while also giving them all of this information, which the movie did explore. But like you're saying, if somebody's irritable upon hearing it, it's like, okay, well, now let's try it and give him an eggs Benedict, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, he doesn't like that. Let's try pizza. Let's go Pepsi. And then maybe with a certain combination of lighting and food and et cetera, it's like, oh, I can actually receive this information. It's not so bad. Right. Uh, but what a, what a thing to be grateful for, you know? Like when you think about like, yeah, like, I don't know. You, you don't think about saying thank you for my health or thank you for my knees until something goes wrong and then you can't use it. But that's not something you would ever think to be thankful for, that you remember your life and every day that goes by, what day it is to have to be reminded. I mean, that's a terrible affliction. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine, wa imagine waking up on November 3rd, <laughs> 2020. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, just to live through that every day. Yeah. Oh. Or the one four years prior. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even worse. Even worse. <laughs> yeah. You always have four uh, yeah. years of Trump ahead of you, no matter every day. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, every yeah. day. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go back to the show about science. Okay. So, could you tell me? I mean, I want to know more about the trauma, I guess, or like the the accident. Like, what part of her brain, or is it the same part of everybody's brain that gets, you know, um, that gets that gets hit, and then we lose our memory? You know, should I be walking around with a partial helmet just protecting that most important part? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny that you say that because having studied neuroscience for twelve years, I am super crazy about my head and injury, and I'm like, oh, I never do anything that could cause head injury because I'm like, oh, this thing, this thing is everything. I can't yeah, imagine. Totally. But I remember in the scene where they're in that institute, Dan. Dr. Dan Aykroyd, uh, his character. <laughs> yep. um, what a great role for him. Oh, yeah, perfect. <laughs> He's perfect in everything. Um, and he points out on, I think it's an MRI scan, that she has damage to her temporal lobe. Mm. Um, and a lot of these cases of amnesia that are studied involves damage to the temporal lobe, um, more specifically the hippocampus and the temporal lobe, because that is really the home to at least short-term memory and the idea of storing memory. Yeah, well, is it that area? She's pointing to an area of her head in the movie, like behind her right ear, it seems like. Is that the temporal yeah. lobe hippocampus location? Yeah, essentially. You have, you have it's a bilateral system, so you have temporal lobes on both sides, but um, yeah, it's the hippocampus in uh, that kind of buried in that temporal lobe. And I remember what I was going to say, oh, which was, interestingly enough, a lot of what we do know about how human memory works comes from these people who have had injuries to their temporal lobe. 
you know, that's kind of how we got the idea that, oh, hippocampus, that's really important for storing memories. Mm. It's because we had these patients that had uh, injuries to, to these lobes. And what kind of injuries are we talking about? Are we talking about softball to the head? Are we talking about a dude who fell down a mountain? I mean, where's the <laughs> range of like, you know, risks here? Right. Yeah. Well, the the like case that everyone I think talks about in their intro neuroscience course or intro psych course is HM. Um, and they were a patient who had went through an injury and had a lot of um, seizures. So had epilepsy. So they actually had to perform surgery to remove parts of the brain to stop those seizures. And in doing that, they removed a lot of the temporal lobe. And HM, unfortunately, became unable to store new memories and also could not remember their past at all. Jeez. Doctors. I believe they could they could eventually recall some like autobiographical information of like early childhood, but yeah, kind of went through total. I'm gonna amnesia. go ahead and uh, presume that the temporal lobe is not something you can put back in. Yeah, no. Once you take it out, it's like you know you got to throw it out. We haven't figured out the re-entrance <laughs> process. Yeah, we just don't know how to store it at this point. It's like, have you tried really cold? Right. Yeah. Well, it just takes up so much space in the fridge. Oh, I mean. that's why you haven't tried it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, got other things in there. Yeah, uh, tomato aioli takes up too much space. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Dr. Aykroyd, he mentions, I believe, that the sense of humor is in the amygdala. Is that? Yeah, that was interesting because he kind of just points to the temporal lobe on her head when he says, ah, and your memory in your humor is right intact. And, and that's he didn't really appoint to the amygdala. But yes, <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, humor is kind of it's hard to think about it because I think he says that after she says like a sarcastic joke, right? Yeah. Is that what happens? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so sarcasm, I mean, that's kind of a advanced form of memory, I would say. It takes a lot of cognition. Mm -hmm. uh, so that probably requires a lot of like prefrontal executive thinking areas of the brain to really find that humor. But yeah, the amygdala is really home to emotion and the limbic system. So laughing is going to excite your amygdala, yeah. Okay. And to piggyback on my earlier question, because I want to know how paranoid slash annoying uh, to my friends to be, if I'm playing basketball, could somebody spike it off the rim into my head and cause me to lose memory? I mean, I maybe. I, I, oh, I mean, boy. I don't know what kind of basketball you're playing. I mean, <laughs> Aggressive. Who are you? Who are you playing? Semi-professional ball have against you. <laughs> yeah, it's a metal ball. Yeah. Yeah, we play. It's a metal ball played with my enemies. <laughs> We're purists and we play it the way it was meant to be played uh, before any sort of modern uh, civilization. So we basically <laughs> just throw huge rocks at each other. And, and yeah, you're right. We are technically enemies. So I was lying when I said my friends. Yeah, I just feel like I don't take too many risks. I don't play serious basketball, especially during pandemic times. But yeah, is it normally car accidents or people looking at their phone running into a stop sign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the number two case of traumatic brain injury. <laughs> I assume. I don't know. <laughs> Is it really? I mean, no, no way. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think it's hard to say. Obviously, a lot of these cases of amnesia happen after like a big traumatic event like a car accident, right? Or a surgery or because of epilepsy where an area of the, the brain gets damaged. 
But, you know, traumatic brain injury in general can be, it can, you know, have a buildup effect. If you get like little minor concussions over and over again, we know that's not very good for your brain. Um, So, I mean, but you also have to live your life. So I'm not going to tell anyone how to live, but listen, I'm not slamming my head on the ground. (laughs) You're not telling people how to live, but if a friend of yours son wanted to get into football, for example, would you be like, oh, maybe soccer, maybe I mean, tennis? Soccer has a lot of uh, head hitting, yeah, traumatic brain injury as well. Right. Yeah, I mean, if it was my friend's son, no, I'm not getting involved. I'm not that kind of friend. <laughs> okay, I don't. Your sister's son, or I don't know. <laughs> let's 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 try like different uh, familial uh, situations and see what I say. Okay, so your boss's friend is visiting him for the day. <laughs> Yeah, then I'm definitely down. Um, Okay, so speaking of the ending where, and I don't care if I'm spoiling it, obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, you have seen the movie or you know what I'm talking about, or you don't care. Is that the, like, did you feel like that was an ethical solution or do you think there's a better way of, you know, treating people with this kind of affliction? I thought that the idea of the video was really brilliant because especially after reading that case study where they essentially do that, it's just on his computer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the ethics of her starting a relationship after the situation and him like kind of inserting himself <laughs> into her life. I don't know. It's, I guess that's complicated. Andrew, were you down with it? Um, I thought it was weird. <laughs> I, thought it was, <laughs> I thought the whole, I thought the whole thing was kind of weird. The whole movie? <laughs> I, that, yeah, just I, I, it, the movie was like a fun watch, but it was just like thinking about it like this. It was very weird, just because if they had to pretty much redo that day every day for over a year, that seems a lot like a lot of work and a lot. It's like expensive, you know what I mean? Like yeah, they have, to buy, they have to buy so much paint to cover up what that, she did every every day. That part was wild. To you me. know what I mean? That's they have wild. to basically be a production company for free. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I just don't know how that would be like possible. But what if you really were, you know, feeling in love with this girl and you just, uh, you, you want to date her? Well, how would you? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess. But I mean, like, but if you really love the person, do you, I mean, is it healthy? I don't know if it's healthy for her. Correct. Is what I'm, you yeah. know? So I don't know if I'd want to put someone through that (laughs) yeah i also think it's interesting because if we think i I think about our brains compared to the video right so the video is like oh here's the smash cut of your life right and here's all the memories that you can't store so we're putting it on a videotape so you can see them really quickly but they're all just edited based on what he wants Mm -mm, yeah that sounds so toxic Mm -hmm. so it's like Okay. I mean, she has her diary, which is her thoughts. Oh, right. That's true. But first thing she watches is the video, and then she goes to the diary. So <laughs> Maybe that could have been a cool project for her to work on on some of the days. You know, it's like, I'm going to edit my own video. Like, here's where you left yeah, off you yesterday. Go. Do you want to adjust anything and then go about your day? Right. I think that's a new premise for a, a new horror movie. <laughs> yeah. That's... That someone should write that. That's incredible. Uh, can you pitch me on this? <laughs> Just uh, same, same. Drew Barrymore again. We got to keep her. You know, we're keeping. I mean, her. She's huge star. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, she's in a toxic relationship mm-hmm. where the he manipulates her memories. Whoa! So he's totally oh. taking advantage, like he's, in the worst yes, way of what's. Yes, that's a. What? That's a what's some of the stuff right in this now. video? 
he <laughs> I don't know I don't know a lot about horror movies, but let's say he's just like a terrible you know, he's just a bad person, but it just like what she said, it just shows all the good memories and every time she writes she writes in the diary he'll just like rip it out in the middle of the night. Yeah. You know, he has like away, a 3D printer yeah. type machine that writes in her handwriting. Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> so she's like, well, this has got to be me, you know? And he hides <laughs> yeah. it so that when she finds it, it's just, she's like, oh, I finally found the truth. Also, at the end of the movie, does she kind of remember him? Because remember, he's like on the boat and he's playing that CD and then he's like, oh, she remembers. So. Yeah, that's a great question because, yeah, there's a scene where she is painting a bunch of stuff and she's been painting it for a long time and it's always him and she says that you're the man of my dreams like i see you in my dreams all the time yeah does that i don't know is there science to that yeah i thought that was really interesting um just because some of these a lot of these cases actually do look at whether individuals are able to remember new faces um and they do find that over time people kind of sometimes build a familiarity with new faces or like faces that they that they've had seen after the accident even though they maybe not can't recall who the person is they know that they know them yeah. um which is really interesting because they've actually been able to kind of pinpoint some circuits in uh what allows us to recall faces versus what circuits uh, help us to feel familiar with faces. Um, and the idea that our brain is so rich in structures that allow us to recognize faces because we've evolved as this very social species where like this is very important to our survival that we recognize and can differentiate faces. Cool. Okay. Um, there's also a 10 second Tom in the movie who mm. you can only remember things for 10 seconds. So I had to ask about that. Is there, I, I read that there's one person, Clive Waring. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do know Clive Waring. He's like, he he's kind of the famous case. But yeah, he's someone whose memory I think is lasts for seven seconds. I don't know if you watched any of the videos of Clive. There's lots of videos of Clive on the internet. I have not. Uh, very interesting. I remember watching videos of Clive in my like intro psych class and getting very interested uh, in memory because of that. But basically, he yeah, can he had an invasion of the herpes virus into his uh, brain, which caused damage to his temporal lobe. Again, very similar to uh, Drew's character, but he can his memory only lasts for seven seconds. And he also doesn't remember anything of his past, really, but he does recognize his wife. Wow. Okay. Oh, that's 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 kind of a love story right that's there. Better. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. But yeah, basically he, you know, you can ask him one thing, he'll say it or he'll say like I don't For example, he also uh can play piano. He's uh, wow. you can ask him, "Can you play a song?" He'll say, "I don't know music. I've never heard a note in my life." And then he'll play a song on the oh piano. Oh my god. Oh. Yeah, so, because yeah, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I, I was gonna have a very non-scientific explanation for that. <laughs> no, I want to hear the non-science. <laughs> yeah, it was literally just he's in the zone yeah. when he's playing yeah. a song. That's all that he's focused on, I guess. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is these kinds of acts are stored in different areas of the brain. So we have memory, which is known as episodic memory. These are the memories that we think of, of like memory of our birthday, or you know, the the types of memory that Drew's character couldn't store anymore. But we have different types of memory like implicit memory, which is like the memory of routine. So playing the piano or buttoning up your shirt or like 
driving a car, these things that are skills, they're actually stored in different areas of the brain than the episodic memory. Wow. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go. Back to the show about science. I usually ask this if we have a memory scientist on the program because I'm, you know, I, I don't have the best memory. Um, maybe most people feel like that. I'm, I'm not, I guess you should take a survey. But are there things we can do to improve our memory? Do you have some memory hacks for us? Yes, I have a supplement that you can all buy for $10.99. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> it comes in a black bottle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the things that I always tell my friends to do, and my, my mother, my mother also claims she has a very bad memory. I have a bad memory as well. And I tell her, rather than buying a supplement on the internet, because they're out there, after watching so much cable news this week, I've noticed how many supplements are on TV commercials. I don't know if Wild. everyone all of a sudden watched a lot of yes. news this week. <laughs> yeah. Half um, of them the are totally thing- SNL sketches. Yes. It's, it's so it's insane. It's so crazy. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> but the best things you can do are uh, get enough sleep. So get that eight hours of sleep. Yep. Sleep is so important for memory, which is interesting because they kind of do an opposite thing in this movie. Sure. Um, also, <laughs> exercise. So getting aerobic exercise. I think they recommended. Um, it's like seventy minutes a week. Yeah, at okay. least. So like an hour and, and a then, half a day. Um, Got it. Yeah, and like reducing your stress as much as you can. Obviously, that's not possible for everyone, but stress is really bad for memory. Wow. Okay, because I do think there is, yeah, obviously this like mysterious vibe to the brain because there's so much that we don't know and that I don't like wires can get crossed if your brain is doing, you know, different tasks, I guess. But yeah, it's just always, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to find a way to just super hack myself, but I think it's never going to (laughs) happen. I get good sleep, you know, I work out, it's just I forget things. But I've had scientists tell me that I have a selective memory, that that's my issue is that I get kind of Mm. fascinated on certain things. And I will remember a stupid amount of lyrics to a song from, you know, the 90s, <laughs> something that I don't need to know, like the seventh best song on this Matchbox 20 album. Like, that's, <laughs> clearly, you should forget that. But yeah, I don't know. Andrew, I don't know if you have a similar thing, but I'm, I'm always thinking about trying to remember more about my life and in, in small ways and in big ways. Yeah, same. And sometimes I like will forget something that I was working on like two seconds ago and I'll freak out, be like, oh, is, is it happening? Am I <laughs> yeah. losing it? Oh no, what do I do? Exactly. I mean, I, I get that. I feel the same way. I feel like I'm very absent minded. Like, I live in New York City and I'm a person who will just like get on the wrong subway, even though I go on the same subway path mm-hmm. like every day for like six years. I'll just be going in the wrong direction, yeah. just absentmindedly. Um, and it freaks me out. <laughs> it's like, how do you explain that? Like, oh, no. You're probably a fairly healthy person. Well, you know, you're not taking huge risks to, you know, mess your mind up. And yet you get on the wrong train. <laughs> yeah. I mean, ultimately, I do think if you want to get better memorizing things, part of it is you don't remember things that aren't important to you. Your brain's really good at just kind of getting rid of the stuff that it doesn't seem it doesn't seem to have value so if you want to remember things try to care more try to care more oh man <laughs> okay it's good advice it just hurts to hear yeah. <laughs> wow okay i will try to care more let's all make a promise to each other to care more uh, yeah that sounds really nice okay and i have a fun question here for while we're wrapping up because this movie is 50 first dates what is the worst first date you guys have been on 
Oh. Hmm. I can go first. It's just nice and short, and I think it was probably yeah. the worst one. I was on a dating app for a week, uh, years ago now, probably five, six years ago. <laughs> um, very, very <laughs> short-lived, and it was short-lived because of this date. Uh, after the week, we went on a date, and I just we just did not uh, see things <laughs> eye to eye, let's say, and we're not <laughs> vibing, getting each other. There was like no chemistry. I arrived, it was a bar, she was wearing this really big hat, and I just knew this is not going to go well. This is this was a mistake. I shouldn't. I'm paid for parking, and now I'm screwed. You hate hats. I don't hate hats. <laughs> I don't hate hats. You hate. I don't hats. hate hats. I love hats. It's just an <laughs> odd thing I think to be wearing in, inside. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just thought I can't. This isn't going to work. I have a feeling it's not going to work, and it didn't. And I just basically <laughs> drank half a beer and left as quickly as I could with my tail between my legs and and swore off dating apps. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But you guys can can you beat that? Did you ever like vomit on someone or anything? Hmm. You can tell us. I don't think I've I don't think I've had very many terrible dates stories. Oh, At least <laughs> on on my <laughs> maybe they thought it was bad, but I guess one time uh this was when I was a lot younger and I drove I drove probably like an hour to cuz this this girl that I met at a at a club. <laughs> <laughs> When I was like 21 or 20, right. I don't know. It was, yeah. And then she was like, um, yeah, we, we can hang out and meet me at my work. And after work, we'll go get lunch. Or, and then I drove like an hour. She lived so far, <laughs> drove like an hour to her work. She got off work. And then we like probably sat at like a mall cafe. She worked at like a mall. <laughs> we sat at like a mall cafeteria for like maybe seven oh minutes. My God, seven minutes. That's so fast. Yeah. And then, and then she was like, "All right, I gotta, I gotta go." Whoa! <laughs> and she, then she left. I imagine the vibe of the mall was a little different than the club. It was her idea. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you come to the most convenient place possible for me? Yeah. I wonder. Do you know maybe something you might have said that would make her uh, not hungry? No, I don't. I don't think we even talked that much during the whole seven minutes. I don't know. I think maybe I just looked looked different than I did in the dark. <laughs> oh, no. You know, I'm uh, sure that wasn't it. Well, I'm yep. sure she's out there and she's listening right yep. now. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't think she cared. I don't think she cared enough to have this memory. <laughs> she's in the room with your dad right now. Listen, that's right. Bring him out. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon, have you ever uh, totally flubbed up a date? <laughs> yeah, that girl with me. Um, <laughs> no, I. You know, I dated so much in my early 20s. I was also on the dating apps and I went so hard at it. Like I would set up multiple <laughs> dates a week. Whoa, cool. It was a very, I was in a very sad place. <laughs> it's, um, see, like it doesn't sound sad though to me. Like that sounds like it would be yeah, or you're just exciting and fun and organized. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't know that many. I, I like moved to New York City. I didn't have that many friends. And it was part of like, oh, this is a good way to meet people. Like I'll, and I, I had never dated before because I dated someone all through college. So I was single for the first time. And I was like, I need to learn how to date. Like I felt like I was, I think I felt like I was in an episode of Sex in the City. I was like, I need to go on all these first dates. And I did it like it was my job. Um, you know, I had you a went job. on 50 first dates. Right. I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> wow. I wish I I wish I had the analytics uh from Yeah, a we account, need your you diary. Know? Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I went to yeah, a lot of dinners, a lot of like bars and 
I none of them stick out as really bad to me. Mm, just like surprising. I think a lot of just like you think you're going to connect with someone when you meet them online, and then you meet them, and you're like, oh, we have we have no connection whatsoever. There's no good way to say that, is there? No. Why is that? Because we're going to be so. We- at least you think that someone will be so offended. I, I guess you would yeah. be, right? If somebody told mm-hmm. you on a date, hey, we're not really, we don't have a connection. Is there part of you that maybe at least in the moment would be like, hey, what the hell? Why? I, I can totally connect with you. Me? I don't think so. <laughs> I would get it. I think I'd just be like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, but that's just my personality. It's a very direct thing to say. And I, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, it feels like an impossibility to do that in the moment. If someone did that to me, I'd be like, damn, that's tight. Do you just want to be best friends instead? <laughs> <laughs> now that you fun. said that, I think we have, I do have a connection. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Andrew, you're probably one of the, you know, like 3% of guys uh, in the dating world. If you were going on these dates, that isn't like a weirdo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, listen, thank you both for being on the pod. This was absolutely a blast. Where can people find you? What do you got going on? Andrew, I think you have a weekly online comedy show. Is that correct? I do. Yeah. Um, every Monday at 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific. And what is it called? How can we find it? Uh, Starline Comedy. If you just follow me on IG at Andrew underscore Rolfo, you'll find it. I post about it every week. Awesome. Okay. And that is O-R-O-L-F-O Rolfo. And is that comedy show yeah. with Irene too as well? Yeah. That's my best friend. <laughs> oh, excellent. Okay. We've uh, yeah. had her on the pod before. I love Irene. Come on, Eileen. Um, doesn't have to do with her name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I saw her do some uh, stand-up a, a couple years ago, I think, in, in San Francisco. And it was uh, phenomenal. She's the best. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Um, Dr. Shannon O'Dell, where can people find you? What's going on? You have a podcast. Tell us all about it. Yeah. So um, I am a co-host of the podcast, The Science of Self-Care, where we kind of each episode dig into a self-care topic, be that meditation or uh, cupping or even crystals. And then we talk about the actual science of what's going on in your brain and your body when you experience it. And is there any science to it? Um, And yeah, you can find Find me on all social media at Shodell, S-H-O-D-E-L-L. And uh, we do Drunk Science and some other shows, and I post about it nonstop. Kudos for getting Shodell. Great name. (laughs) An early um, person on Instagram, I would say. (laughs) Well, I mean, it paid off. Shodell is a sweet, sweet name. And this podcast sounds great. Do you meditate? Frequently? You know, the kind of the joke of the podcast is that my two co-hosts who are comedians are really good at taking care of themselves. And I, while I know the science and I know it's good for me, I just treat my body like garbage. Um, so I, I've tried, especially during the pandemic, I've tried to start meditating because there are apps to make it easy. Right. But I normally get about a minute into it and then I check TikTok. <laughs> it's wild. Normally, I'd be like, sure, yeah, that makes sense. But you're a neuroscientist. And it would just, yeah. it, it makes, yeah, a lot of sense that you would, uh, that you would not do that. That <laughs> you would be like, no, I need to give my brain a break. Um, and and just focus in but i guess you're you're curious Listen, i i may be a neuroscientist but i can also be toxic towards myself <laughs> yeah sure why not both I, I i used to meditate a lot more i'm trying to get back into it but um but yeah it's, i mean i i miss it it's great to do it's really good for your brain wish i could do it <laughs> andrew meditator uh no nah. <laughs> <laughs> just brushes I, it off I'm, I'm just chilling most of the time so it's like 
constant. You're kind of <laughs> <laughs> you're in a constant state of meditation. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like I'm it's kind of an IV drip of meditation for you. <laughs> you're just semi doing yeah. it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's probably the best way to be. Um, okay, Shannon, Andrew, thank you both so much. Have a very good week, and uh, talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Bad Science is a Seeker podcast produced by Emily Feld and me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our editor is Lucas Bollinger, and our social media is managed by Blue Whale Media. Shout out to EJ and Kate. And the executive peanut butter cup deucer is Brett Kushner. Oh, follow us on Instagram at Bad Science Pod. If there's a movie you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, feel free to email at badscienceatseeker.com. That's badscienceatseeker.com. And please leave us an iTunes review. Give us five stars. I sound like an Uber driver. But it does help. It makes sure people know about the podcast, which we really appreciate. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>